Why don't you and I sing a song? Oh, I don't know how the new intro goes. Mock this is the deep bird. Yeah. <laughs> radio. Who needs a radio? Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief, a weekly Q&A show from your friends here at Sandals Church. I'm your friendly host, The PRD, here with Pastor Matt Brown. Our Why are you trying to steal my title, The PRD and The PMB? The PMB. My license, my my official nickname that I gave myself years ago You can't has been give yourself a nickname. PRD. Well, it has worked Did you say well. your license plate says that? No, my license plate says Mrs. PRD. Okay, that's different. That's the That's, that's your three, particular you're trouble. lying. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's also I was gonna cheap. Put, I was going to put PMB on my license plate, but I thought there's no way I want everyone in the city knowing <laughs> that's me. It's it's true. They will notice you and, and my make car fun of you in the parking every lot. day, yeah. scratched. Well, we got two wonderful yeah. guests here just really making their presence known. We are so excited to have you come into the show like... What's that phrase about bulls in a china shop? That's yep, what's going to be. We got Chatty Kathy and Loud Ralph. <laughs> Buckle your pants, everyone. It's Chatty Barbara. Hello. Chatty. <laughs> what up, friends? We have Pastor Adam Workman. How are you, sir? Hi, doing well. It's good to be here. Can you tell us who you are? Yes. For I everyone am, who does not know. I'm Adam Workman. I'm yes. the pastor of discipleship here at Sandals Church. What does that mean? The one who does not want to be in a small group who leads small group ministry. Mm. Isn't that something? Yes. The power of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There you go. So I uh, serve and support the adult ministries at Sandals, which are primarily about connecting people relationally so they can work out the vision of being real. Amen. Ah, boom. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. You're so, going to have to, you got to uh, really I told you, right, attack that I mic. Know. I got to attack it. All right. So I'm Lori. Hey I there. have no title. <laughs> I do not work here. So I have no idea why I'm here yeah. right now. Fair I enough. wish that you were employed here, though, so I could tell you what to do. That would mm. feel awesome. I just, there's something in me that just wants to wants boss, to boss, around. boss yeah. around a little bit. Yeah. For, for, can we, can we say this on the air for a short season? You did serve, this was like six years ago. You did serve as Pastor Matt's uh, personal assistant, personal yeah. assistant for like mm -hmm. three months. No, I was here for a year and a half. See, just time assistant. flies when you're having fun. Do you know that I started 10 years ago this year at oh. Sandals? The first time mm -hmm. I worked here, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. She's that. left me several times. Mm. But well, I, in my Christ-like faithfulness, allow her back into my good graces. Thank you, sir. Uh, we're glad to have you guys both here on the show. So this week, we are talking about fives on the Enneagram as we continue our series called You. Pastor Matt, before we jump into a whole bunch of questions, can you give us some quick overviews what it means to be a five? Yeah, so the five's primary giftedness is, is wisdom. It's, it's, the, it's the wise person and, um, you know, just thoughtful, um, like we said, um, you know, they see things that many other people don't see. They're observant. They're watching us. Um, that's why they make great researchers. I said great detectives, scientists. Fives are great pilots. They see, they think systematically. Things are in order. Um, they're not interrupted by emotion like many of the other personality styles. And so that's what makes them so thorough and consistent. In interrupted by emotion. I right. Like that. Well, I mean, think about how often emotion wrecks the rest of our personality styles. And it's not that the five doesn't have that. It's just that they can set it aside to do what they need to do. And so that's the beauty of it. Um, they can focus on, you know, what's good, right, and true according to, you know, the knowledge that they've ascertained. And so that's the beauty of it. Uh, what makes him so attractive is they see uh, beauty in us. You know, I think about Adam. You know, Adam uh, texts me very, very thoughtful um, texts or tweets. Hey, Matt, I love it when you did this or how you said that. And so 
he'll pull out a piece of information from my sermon and then apply it, and he communicates it to me in a relational way so I understand it. So um, that's really, really just you know powerful in the way that we interact. And so they just see things and express things in a way that makes sense when they're super, super healthy. When they become unhealthy, um, they can become completely detracted, run into a cave, disappear, cut Only people Only communicate off. to coworkers through text message. Yes. Um, yeah. So they can, or, or not communicate at all through text message. Yeah. And so uh, fives are good at somehow not getting your text. It, just, it, <laughs> it, it, didn't, it didn't come through. There's something with the internet and it didn't come through. That's not what we use our phones for. Right. Yeah. So it's for data collection. So, um, so that's the negative is they can be isolated, removed, and really disappear into non-reality. Um, uh, they can immerse themselves in, you know, um, tasks, things, hobbies, uh, passions. Um, and by passions, I don't mean emotional passions, but like um, we in our small group last night, we were talking one of the guys in our group who's a, a strong, strong five just dove all in on fish tanks. And, you know, fish tanks take a lot of work and, and just in there. It's interesting that one of my friends I didn't know was a five posted on Instagram. He's a five and he's totally into fish tanks too. <laughs> so I, di I didn't even think about that. So uh, Tom, if you're out there, you just made the debrief. Love Tom. So, but uh, he's all into fish tanks and I want to be into fish tanks, but I can't do the work. So I just can't like actually be that detailed. All my fish would die mm. on a regular basis. So you guys want to add anything to the strengths, weaknesses? Well, I want to add about the fish tank because I have a turtle in a big, large fish tank. And oh. I was just on Mother's Day talking to my sister about how I actually don't like animals much. Yeah. And so we have a dog and I don't love yeah. the dog, but I love my turtle mm. and how I don't really want to feed the dog or pick up the dog poop, but I want to go clean my my turtle's tank and right. I'll pick up her poop and oh. make sure everything's Is that because the dog is emotionally needy and the turtle is not? I mean, it's because the dog yeah, I know. sheds we and have, we poops have, and We licks. have a dog who needs Jesus. <laughs> Really quick, just because I've um, never met anyone who has a turtle. Yes. What's it? Your turtle has a name? Her name is Donatella. Oh, she's a lady. Uh, and I love her. Donatella. I love her so How do you know much. the sex of a turtle? Of course, a five knows the sex of a turtle. Peek around under there? No. They told me. Just, oh. to look, just look under the hood? <laughs> just... I believed that the, it was a girl. <laughs> yeah. I got it from I got it from someone who works here. Who oh, there you go. Gave you a didn't lady turtle. The, yeah, mm. I didn't want to have the turtle anymore. What a, what a gift. And I love her, and I love her tank. And I she, mm. it's actually, we've had her since, like, November, mm. and it's we're already on, like, her second filter, and mm. I've upgraded already. I think turtles and, live a long time. It's 25 years old. Yeah. Right now. What, yeah, I think they can live. There's a turtle alive right now in the Bahamas that was given to, uh, I think, um, I forget what, island it is in the bahamas but it was given to them by abraham lincoln oh, wow. as a gift a tortoise probably a tortoise yes yeah. so see the five nurse <laughs> <laughs> right it's yeah. not a turtle a tortoise. Yes, thank you so much for that but gift. that tortoise is i believe 165 years old that's mm. amazing mm -hmm. i i knew abraham lincoln fought zombies i did not know he also gifted turtles yeah american history Isn't that crazy? is a fine fine it thing. is so, but my yeah. turtle will probably live to be 50 or so. Mm. Great. Yeah, turtles and birds, you got to have a when you die plan. Do you want to add anything about fives, Pastor Adam? I think you tell the sex of a turtle by its tail. <laughs> okay. Just, I think yeah. If true. I had my phone right now, I would actually go Google that yeah. because yeah, it is going to drive me crazy. Yeah. It's funny because I've, um, I have, I tend to be at times like an expert for a week or so. So mm -hmm. the fish tank thing, mm -hmm. um, I researched. Uh, various hobbies I'll research till like I feel like I know everything about right. it. And if you had any questions during that week or two, I can answer them. And then, and you then move on. yeah, I've kind of yeah. like 
I've had a fish tank, even though I haven't had a fish tank, I feel mm-hmm. like I have. Mm-hmm. So then I just move on to the next yeah. thing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what, um, you know, in, in the way that the three would never believe a three about their goals. When I do this, then we're, then we're good. Uh, with the five, just never believe that they're, they're going to move on to something else. And so once they've acquired the knowledge, it's, it's the next thing. And so, um, and that's why many of them end up in education, research, stuff like that, because mm-hmm. it's endless. You get paid, you get paid to, you know, do your passion. So, And you know what? I always thought that was such a flaw of mine. That's what mm. one of the things that's so amazing about the Enneagram mm. is that something that for my whole life I felt like was a flaw. I realized it was a strength or just how I was made mm-hmm. because that was my biggest thing. I thought I was a big flake. I would love to do something. I love to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and once I've learned it and I'm good at it, yeah, I done. would move to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think I always perceived or was perceived as someone who couldn't commit or needed to to always be moving on to mm-hmm. something else. And Yes, that's true, but it's because once I'm really good at something, I, I love that I know that and I'm going to keep that, but now I want to start over. I want to learn something else. Mm. So then I move to the next thing. And so it was, it's was. it been so great knowing that that's, I'm not a flake. That's not a flaw. I'm just a five mm-hmm. that wants to I seek wisdom. Yeah. Mm. So Pastor Matt, you've talked about how fives can be a little bit hard for you to identify at first. If we're going to put a, can you like give us a list of what are some ways we can identify maybe a five that would be helpful? We'll put tortoise turtle knowledge at the yeah, top of the list. I, I think fives are the most difficult to read. Like, so when Lori tested a five, I was super surprised. We've known each other for a long time. And it's just because fives hold their cards close to the chest. They, they, they don't reveal a lot. And that's just, that's by nature who they are. And so like, and it's not that they won't disclose. It's that you have to ask specific questions for them to disclose the information. And so um, you know, they don't just offer up things. And so that's why they're, I think they're the hardest. And so what I've learned to say is if I don't know what you are, you're, there's pro- you're probably a five. And mm-hmm. it's just because, you know, um, again, they're, they're not as expressive or, um, you know, as, uh, I'm trying to think of a word big, uh, like, uh, grandiose mm-hmm. as, as the other types in terms of identifying their personality. And so, you know, that's, that, that's just what I is, but, but, you know, uh, introversion is a key. It's not always, um, I have not met an extroverted five. Have you? No. Yeah. So, um, that, that's something to look for, um, because they retreat into their own mind and they, they enjoy spending time with their self pursuing the knowledge that whatever, you know, is the current fad. And so, um, you know, and so it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, one of the things I learned last night in group is that a five, um, will do something if invited but they don't put themselves out there. And this is why, you know, we're struggling with our son because I'm very, very social. And I'm always asking, you know, why don't, why don't you have a friend over? Why don't you invite someone over? He would love to go if somebody invites him over and, and participate that. So like when there's an event at youth group and he's invited, he loves to be a part of that. But, um, and seems to enjoy it, but then retreats into the house, into the room and spends time. Like I never spent a weekend by myself as a kid. Mm. Like, Man, I, I would I'd would, I would be wigging out if I wasn't at a friend's house, didn't have a friend over, wasn't playing, wasn't doing something. Um, you know, and that's why computers in the 80s were so unappealing to me. Like really me staring at a screen and you know, back then it's a green screen with a code and you're typing all this stuff in. I'm like, this is not for me. So um, yeah. You guys were nodding your heads in total. Yeah. What's that about? Because I've well, I've always been a five. Like mm-hmm. I from I can look back on memories and know that when I was four years old, I was I would I was a five. Are you the middle? I am a middle. Yeah. Okay. But what's interesting about that is my my best days ever are are by myself. Mm-hmm. Like my my best day ever is going to San Francisco with my husband while he was working all day and I just got to walk around the city by myself and I'm I'm certain I talked to no one. I mean yeah. maybe the cashier. 
and said thank you and walked away. Mm. But that's my best day. Mm. So it's interesting. People don't understand that we're at, we're okay. Like I'm okay and I'm super, super happy if mm. I'm doing nothing for a week. Yeah, fives will survive the zombie apocalypse. Because <laughs> you can go into the bunker and you're good. Like it, I, I gotta go. I gotta get out and see if everybody's okay, and then I'm gonna get down. eaten. <laughs> do Do you feel like you, uh, you would identify maybe with the five style all the way back to? Yeah, I think so. I had a small group of friends. I didn't have like you know so many. Um, so I definitely had friendships and spent time with friends. Um, I think for me early on, without getting into too many details, I think I learned that people aren't as safe as I thought they would be yeah. or should be. Um, and I think I had to process a lot of things and figure it out on my own in my head. So I just retreated there, and that's where I spent a lot of my time. Mm. And it felt comfortable there. Can you talk about what makes somebody safe to you? Sorry, I know that was not a question on the on the list that we sent to Trustworthy. Out. Trustworthy. Yeah, I think that's where I was going there. Okay. Well, I think for the five, the, the issue is people are not logical in the way that they act and behave. Um, and especially if you have high one, they're not logical and moral. So that makes people very, very unsafe and very, very unreliable because um, people are emotional, erratic. Um, threes, we lie, right? And so the five is like, wow, this is very, very unsafe. I'm going to retreat to my fish tank where I can control the environment. I can dictate what's happening. Based upon my information, I can make things right. Where in relationships, right, there's curveballs every day in every relationship, and, and it makes people very, very frightening. Um, so that's why if you have a dad... And not, not this is you, not you. But if you have a dad who's a five, you know, they might love you, but it's safer in the bedroom. And, and even if like you come home for Thanksgiving dinner, they just, you know, they're going to give you five minutes. Glad you're here. And then you're like, I paid all this money. We traveled and you're in your study that you do every single day without us. And so um, that makes the five very, very challenging because um, their interaction level, if they're unhealthy, is very, very minimal. Mm. Um, and so, um, you know, a healthy five, understands that they need relationship like we were joking i don't know if i said this before the show uh but we have the uh, five in our small group and he really doesn't want to come every week but he knows intellectually he needs it and so i told him i said where are your vegetables like you don't want to eat them but you know you need them so i made a joke uh last night in group that we're all going to dress up in veggie tail characters <laughs> and uh and then i offended someone in the group because i pointed out one of the females in our group i said you'll be bob the tomato and she pointed out that he's round and fat and I wasn't thinking like, you know, like in proportion, I just was choosing vegetables, names that I knew. Yeah. And I honestly only remember Bob. <laughs> There's another one named Larry, but that's all I got for you. What is Larry? The asparagus or something? He's the tall green thing. Junior's the asparagus. Junior's the asparagus. Oh, see, there you go. And I think Larry's Sal a, Larry's Sally a, the girl. Oh, there's a girl vegetable? Yeah, I think she's a carrot. Oh. Maybe? I didn't. Yeah. So I, Again, need, I, I needed to brush up on my, my uh, vegetables. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, so as you guys learned or really identified, so discovered through this whole process that we've been going through as a church that you are a five, what were some of your initial reactions? I was going to say, or feelings, but maybe thoughts would be a better way. To... Yeah. 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 Well, mine was relief. So oh, okay. I had absolute relief to, to figure out what I was. Hmm. Um, so um, because I think that um, behaviors that I always thought were flaws, again, were how God made me. So the other thing about the five is it's not that we don't have emotion. I think it's just very controlled emotion. I think the beauty of the five is the fact that we don't, um, we're not overly emotional so that when we are emotional, 
it's true and it's pure and you know mm. we mean it. Mm. And so mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, that, that has a lot to do with it. I think that... The five does not use emotion as manipulation. That's what I would mm -hmm. say is the beauty. You right. know it's sincere. Yeah. I think you, um, you talked in your message... I think you did you mention the notebook in your message on the four mm -hmm. and you talked about how you cried when you every watched time the notebook yeah. so i i think the notebook is is probably one of the worst movies <laughs> ever made so when my husband and i sat down and watched the notebook and it was not his first time seeing it like he's he's real emotional and he right. was crying and i'm sitting there thinking does he realize this is a movie like yeah. this isn't real mm -hmm. and that these are not real characters and that people don't generally grab hands and spontaneously die. I mean, unless it's murder suicide or <laughs> right. something. So, yeah. so, so it's a character. Mm. So I can't understand mm. that emotion. I'm not going to give emotion to that. Mm. But if you show me a video of a serviceman or woman coming home and surprising their child at the ballpark or the school, yeah, I'm going to yeah. cry like a baby because it's real. Yeah. So I think mm. something about the five is mm. we we have emotion. We have real emotion and. I think we just use our logic mm. to to say, okay, that's not real. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is you can't gauge a five's level of emotion um, based on how a two, three, or four reacts to something. Right. Like it's all relative. So mm. I would say you can't gauge emotion by their expression. That's what I would say because I think you guys, the expression is more in internal. So like right now I'm looking at your face. It would be, oh, no, you smiled once I said that. But before it was, you were just giving me like the death glare. And I try not to do that. It just, right. I'm, I'm really thinking about what's being said. And sometimes yeah, that just that's is what I'm saying. the default. Yeah, but you are enjoying being here? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay, good. Right. Yeah. So, but fives can be stoic. Like, so, right. Because they're observing. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're, they're, in let me say it this way. They're, they're intently watching what everyone else is doing. So it requires focus. Where the rest of us oftentimes are oblivious to what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. So fives are great noticers. Pastor so. Adam, what has your response been to identifying as a five? Yeah, so I'd say about five years ago, I really started a, an earnest self-discovery process. Um, and that just took me down various roads and trails. Ultimately, we, my wife and family and I ended up here three and a half years ago at Sandals, so connected to this vision of being real. Um, and then Enneagram comes, and uh, I remember I, I took the test. And, and before that, though, to be honest, uh, I resisted it, and Matt knew that. Um, and I just, I didn't want to be a number, mm -hmm. you know? And I thought, you're not going to put me in, in a box and mm -hmm. all this kind of thing. So I just was kind of like a little bit against it. Not not aggressively, but like, ah, I'll wait as long as I can to take this thing. So I get the results back, and I remember opening up this folder and reading about the five and I cried. Mm. Um, it was such an emotional moment for me um, to see that wow, this is who I am. I'm not alone in who mm -hmm. I am. I'm not as unique and maybe as strange as I thought I was. Mm. And uh, and from that time until this time, I've really tried to begin a work of, um, of moving toward health as much as possible. And uh, it's been an incredible uh, journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the beauty. And... and um you know, a lot of people, I haven't, I've got, have gotten very little uh, negative feedback uh, from this. The concern is that I've gotten is the very thing that people, people are not a number. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, I want to, I need to do better at communicating. You are not a number. However, these numbers, so you're distinct, one of a kind, there's no one like you, but these numbers 
help you to begin to tap into, okay, I'm not the only one, right? right. See, there's a negative t- negative uh, side to I am distinct and no one is like me. And mm-hmm. that's, oh my gosh, no one understands me. I'm in this all alone. So the beauty of that, the beauty of the herd is there are similarities. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we want to find. Now, having said that, you two are fives, but you're distinct. You're not exactly the same. Right. And so that's why I like the way that we do the, the test. And again, let me just really encourage you to do the test that Sandals does because where I think the Enneagram falls short is so much of the research is based upon your number and your wing. Whereas the beauty of the way Sandals does it is, uh, you know, we look at, you, did you say you have three scores that are 90 and above? Um, I have two, I think, in the 90s and then one in the So the two 90s are the five and the one? Uh, five, one, yeah, and then my eight. And your eight. So so the negative side of not doing the Sandals score is is all everything that you're going to is going to completely negate those other two 90 scores. or those, uh, And it's like, that is so much more important than... Yes. Here, here's my number and my wing type. And so, um, you know, my wing has uh, a, a lot of influence on me because my four is high. Um, but I also need to really pay attention to my seven and my eight. And so a lot of the research in the Enneagram gets weird, you know, the arrows and you always go here and you tend to be like that. And I, the beauty of the Enneagram is its motivation. And I think it's a little vague. What people are trying to do now is make it into the science, which is just weird. I think it's a great introduction into yourself. It gives you permission mm-hmm. to say, okay, I tend yeah. to be like this, and, and, and but I, I'm unique. And so, um, you know, Lori has identifies with some eight, both healthy and unhealthy, and she identifies with some one, healthy and unhealthy. And that's, I think that's beautiful. Um, and no one in our church is going to identify exactly the way. So, um, you know, my wife reminds me every week, um, she has a lot of one, and she says, that message is perfect. Here's six things I would change. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the things she said each week is, you're saying the number too much. Um, and so uh, the reason I do that is when you look at the Enneagram, people don't use the same words we are to describe the numbers. So, But the, num- the numbers are universally accepted. And so that's why I'm using the language of the numbers, the numeric value. Um, but we've chosen, uh, you know, the wise person, um, you know, for this for this number. So, And, and I think if I can yeah, add on to that, please. because I absolutely love this like I am flying the flag of mm. everyone taking the Enneagram because I've lived for so long thinking I was something else mm. and thinking that I'm disappointing God mm. or I'm not doing God made me this mm. but I hate this mm. and I realize and it, it goes back to um I always was told that oh you have the gift of helps or oh you have such great hospitality because we would always, you know, we'd host things sure. or I'd like to bake or, and so I was always told that I was this thing. And so I would always sign up to be the hostess or to whatever, right. you know, hospitality. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hated it. Hmm. And so, but I, I would do it. And so it was great to take this and say, okay, the reason I'm in the kitchen is because I'm, I'm hiding. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be out with everyone else. So that's why I'm in the kitchen. It's not because God's gifted me in this in this way. Um, it's because food is safer than people. <laughs> absolutely. But, but the other thing is, um, but I was really good at it because I'm a five, because mm-hmm. competence is important. Oh, and, and we're going to do a good as, job. Let me tell you, as a person who enjoyed, <laughs> she would make the funkiest great stuff. Like mm-hmm. it was stuff that you, because her five, right? I'm going to cook this bizarre thing and it's amazing. And, uh, you know. Well, I, I like well, to eat. I mean, food it, is very important. But if so you made good stuff. Right, but... But I think just serving in the capacity 
that wasn't, I mean, I think there's nothing worse for your self-worth than um, despising the thing that you believe God made you to be. Mm-hmm. And so it was so, so freeing and so amazing to be like, okay, I'm a, I'm a five. That's why I want to be in the kitchen. No one talks to you. If you got your hands full of dirty dishes, you, you're safe. And right. no one's coming mm-hmm. in there with you. So you're mm-hmm. blissfully alone in yeah. the kitchen and so, or in the kids' room or wherever. Um, so it was so freeing to know I don't have to serve in the hospitality ministry yeah. or I don't have to, to do that because that's not how God made me. So I think that's the beauty of the number, figuring out what you are and what where the beauty is in that. And I think the beauty in the five is the fact yeah, that amen. we're not wise, but we, we like to seek knowledge. Yeah. So it makes us able to... Um, to be competent and to do well and to, you know, pull from those reserves that we know, you know, things that we right. know. So if you're a five or you, or you have a child that's a five, you're going to need to steer them into a profession where always learning is a part of what they do. Mm. So um, they're not going to make a great button pusher. So I, I mentioned airline pilots. Well, um, they, they have to constantly train. Airplanes are changing. And here's the beauty of an airline pilot. The longer you're a pilot, you keep moving aircraft. I mean, think about it. I mean, you're geeking out every couple years on a completely new aircraft. That's, I mean, it, it's just awesome. Um, a chef, you know, you can be a chef. Food's always changing. Styles are always changing. How uh, spices go together. I mean, that's a great uh, profession for that. You know, teaching where, you know, you, you get to constantly grow and learn. And, and, and those are just great professions. So if you're five, you're going to die if there's no learning aspect to what you're doing. And, um, uh, you need to make sure that, you know, you're not just, you're not going to be satisfied with button pushing. You've got to be able to dive into something that, you know, ignites that passion to learn and to grow informationally. Now here's the negative sign. Fives can, um, just pursue degrees forever and never get a job. So that's the negative side. So if you're married to a five, they, they, um, um, oftentimes on the uh, strengths quest, the ideation is one of their strengths. And so they'll want to keep learning and learning and talking and gain knowledge, but never, okay, now we need you to support the family because we have $400,000 in school loans. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the thing is, and, and that's why I use that passage. You know, you know, Paul is negatively speaking about women in the church and men. It's a really weird passage, but always learning and never coming to the knowledge of truth. And, um, you know, so it's also interesting. You guys said that you, you, um, you, you, you learn it and you move on. So the five in my small group, we just, we, we struggle getting him to read his Bible. And for him, it's a check. I read it, I got it, and I don't think he's got it. Like, he shares stuff, and I'm like, yeah, you be, let's do another lap, buddy. That's not right. But for him, it's, and he has a hard time with me. He asks me questions like, well, how do you not become arrogant because you know so much? And it's like, I don't know anything. I'm still learning and growing. But that's really hard for him because in his mind, I've mastered it, check, move on to the next thing. And... For him, you know, we're like, okay, were you in the Word this week? No. You know, it's like because he studied it, knows it, you know, and, and he's moving on. Being a specialist is yeah. something that's very important. Knowing mm-hmm. something that nobody else knows, so we're always in pursuit, or I know that I'm always in pursuit mm-hmm. of figuring out something else so that I have that knowledge. So mm-hmm. I don't sit in the same place. And so it is sometimes difficult to do a study where you're in the Bible for a long period of time, mm. or you're doing one verse. I, I, it's hard to do one verse and sit on that for a week. Right. I want to, I want to, yeah, 
I'm going to go through it so mm-hmm. I can move to the next thing. You know, his question to me last night was, can a five be a pastor? And I said, yes. And he said, can you give me an example? And I said, Andy Stanley, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You know, um, he doesn't want to hang out with people, but he writes great books about how to hang out with people. And so, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's one of the most fives I've ever met, mm-hmm. you know, and I've met him personally. And so pastors a church of what, 40,000 people in Atlanta? <laughs> I think he's doing good. Yeah. Very effective. But but it was interesting to me, um, and I think that was some of your fear with the personality test is you were afraid we were going to tell you you needed to be a librarian, I think <laughs> is what you told me. Well, the funny thing, so I resonate with what you said um, a few minutes ago just in terms of um, for so long I think I, I wondered, is it okay that I am the way that I am, you know? And that's really, man, I started this um, the self-discovery process. I, I read this um, – David Benner, The Gift of Being Yourself, because mm, I was one not of my favorite books ever. Incredible. Because I was not comfortable being myself. Because there are times that people, in an unintentional way, can communicate a message that the way you are isn't the best. Well, don't you so, think, don't you think that we, and we have to guard against this at Sandals, in every institution, there's a cult like behavior. Um, mm-hmm. Like, just like you moved here from, Philly, or no, where were you from? Outside of Baltimore. Outside of Baltimore. You guys had a perception of what Californians are and or were. And I think in Californians, whether we know it or not, we feel pressure to act that way, especially mm-hmm. when I travel some, oh, you're from California. You and Brad Pitt, best friends? Yes, we talked on the phone before I came here. Well, um, I was driving down the 405 Yeah, <laughs> to Sepulveda. So, you know, I think that, that we have to be very, very careful. And it's that cult-like behavior of we all need to act the same way, talk right. the same way. And, and Christians use language and beha- it's weird. Yeah. And we need to make sure that we're all saying, okay, you need to be, you need to become like Christ, but you need to be like you, like Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's different. And there's for sure times where I know I'm at a gathering, I'm at a party, I need to push myself out and get relational with people. Yeah. Um, but there are times too, where p- maybe people didn't see, I had, man, just two 20 minute conversations that were really meaningful. And I've stepped back and I'm kind of just standing there and, and I'm having fun. Yeah. And someone comes up and the first thing is everything okay. Right. And it's almost like I stop and I get really self-reflective and am I okay? Do I, am yeah. I communicating? I'm not okay. And then it just gets that, you know, because I create narratives in my mind, cause I'm always there. Yeah. You're in that, your head, bro. Yeah. Maybe I'm not okay. Um, so yeah. Well, I think we also get, are you okay? Are you mad at me? Mm. You know, we haven't talked. We are, is everything all right? Mm. And, and I think it's okay to be a five. It's okay to observe and it's okay to not always be the center of attention. And I think it's odd to someone that's a three or someone that is, wants to be out there and wants to be the center that that's great. But, but I'm, I'm really okay Mm. watching you be you. Yeah. So, and I think when we first came to Sandals, my biggest thing was, and we've been here like 14 or 15 years now, is everybody hugged. Mm. Like everybody, it just seemed like I had to hug people. And so I remember my first, I remember my first hug. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I, I do. And um, I remember like thinking, this like sucks. I have to <laughs> hug people here. Why do I have to hug yeah, people? Yeah, I've learned to not make everybody hug. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. But I, but I felt like it was something we had to do. It was that cold thing. You're yeah, do you sandals, remember? You do you hug. remember when you tried to hug me that first time and I misread it? Oh, oh, I think about it all the time. Oh, wait, I I call that the preemptive hug. Yeah, and I think about it all the time. I reference it all the time. It's a it's a really funny story. Oh. So Matt, my husband, and I, and two other people, a couple, we were talking, and 
Matt is walking towards us. And it was, we were fairly new to sandals. Yeah. My husband had gotten real involved right away because right. that's what he does. Um, and I didn't because that's what I do. And so, so knowing Matt and knowing Matt is a hugger and the close talker. And, and so he comes up to the, comes up to the group and, and the whole time I'm going, okay, like I'm going to, Matt's going to, Matt's going to come in for a hug and I'm going to hug. It's going to be great. Like I'm just going to, I'm going to get She's like strategizing mentally oh, for this hug. Completely. So he, so he, so it's my husband, me and two other people. So Matt comes in and he hugs the the husband that's over here first. And he goes back. I'm like, okay, one more, one more person. And then me. And then Matt hugs the wife here. And so I'm like, okay, I'm up. I'm ready. And I'm kind of like swaying back and forth, like getting ready to go in for the hug. So Matt, Matt hugs her. He pulls back. And then I'm, she shoots in, yeah. I'm perceiving that Matt is going to come and hug me. Matt turns and hugs my husband. And I literally fall forward yeah. going in for my hug. And I turned him. I'm like, what was that? Yeah. And he's like, but you, you don't like hugs. Yeah. And I was, but the, here's the deal. That's what made me mm. also say, I love this place. Matt mm. knows me. Yeah. Mm. He knows that mm. I don't love hugs. Now I'm a fool and I just looked foolish and I just tripped on myself, Yeah. but it's, a, I've hugged, it's I mean, I've hugged a lot of people that are like, I can't tell you how many times I hug people and they turn into a corpse. I'm like, oh, okay, we're never doing that. You again. can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that we haven't really got to talk about yet today is the core sin for the style of the five, which is greed or stinginess. Can you guys, I, I, I think as I've talked to people about the Enneagram and the self-discovery process, this particular sin of greed or stinginess seems to be uh, a confusion or a stumbling point for a lot of people. Can you talk about how you've seen that play out? for you and pastor matt you you used five different ways that we could be greedy well i used four but i added five yeah knowledge time money uh emotion emotion and and then then i added words 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 was not on your all the ones words was not on the outline but i did add words um because anything anything to the five is precious so they're withholding it and so sharing it right you know they want to make sure that it's handled well it's received well are you competent to receive this um and so um you know, so go feel free. Yeah, and, and do people even care yes. what you have to say? Yeah. Because I, I don't want to waste my words, my knowledge, and my time mm-hmm. communicating something that people well, don't and care I re- about. I resonate with that. So my wife will say, you should. So she should. I mean, you should go talk to that person. And I don't want to waste my time either. So if I, if I don't have a sense that the conversation of correction or direction is going to go well, I just don't do it. Because yeah. then I'm just mad and frustrated and, and I've wasted my time and their time and so that's hard for her because the one is, well, it should happen. Like it's the right thing to do. And it's like, yeah, but you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be times where I'm in a meeting and um, we've kind of talked something almost in my mind to exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that could be said has been said about it. I could say something, but it's not going to take the ball down the field at all. It's mm. just telling you what I think. Um, so those are times where I'm like, well, should I share? Should I not share? Mm-hmm. Um, just because I don't need to necessarily add to Mm. what has already been communicated. So a lot of times I will hold back. Um, That's definitely been something that has been communicated to me in the past. Like, hey, you need to kind of come forward um, in those times and share what you know, share your words. Mm. Um, Those are definitely the areas that I tend to be selfish with. It's my time. Um, I can be really stingy with my time, the knowledge that I have. Um, People will be surprised to know something, to find out that I know something that I do. Um, just because I've never shared it. 
and like my thing about tortoises and their tails for right. gender identification. <laughs> well, I can say this: I did not see that one. You coming. know, Adam Adam is a major leader at our at our church, and and I mean, like we, we have tons of leaders, tons of staff, but I mean, Adam's like way at the top top. So he has influence and position, and so the challenge is, I think, for you is quality time with people and connection is going to make them feel valued, loved, whatever. And so I think that's where you have to be very, very proactive in, I'm going to go to lunch with this person. Yeah. I'm going to talk. I'm going to, I don't know if you shake hands or hug or whatever. I do, I do, okay, I yeah. do all that. Yeah. So because, because the, the people are going to be wondering, am I okay? Is he going to fire me? Like what's going yeah. on? They're going to feel very, very unsettled. And you might be fine with them. Well, so so one of the the major things for me as a five is competency. So when I sit down with my boss and he gives me a review um, and he says, here's the areas you need to improve. I want that because I'm going to take that now and I'm going to do everything I can to improve in those areas. So when it comes to like leading my team, those kinds of things, just doing my job, I want to do the very best that I can. Mm -hmm. And I know the things that I should be doing. So I work really hard to do those things. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it's outside of, you know, where I make my livelihood and my calling, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, where I can really pull back as well in, in just social settings and in relationships. Yeah. Well, and let me just say this, and I hope this isn't too personal, um, but, um, you know, I can vouch. So like, let's say you're my boss and we have a meeting uh, and you tell me, here's the three things that you need to work on. I'm going to be okay, 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 okay. So Adam has that meeting, right? And I read your response to the review. It's like a thesis paper. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Like, I was like, oh, Adam's really thought about this review. And I'm like, I keep, um, okay, there's another page. There's another page. And I'm like, but Adam has thought through everything and put into writing, uh, which makes it very, very clear. Here, here's the issue. And here's what I've done to address that. And it was fantastic. And I was literally like, this is amazing. I wish I had no five. So I don't do that. But it was really, really incredible um, because he's thought about how to improve and here's the steps I've taken to improve. And it was just, it was just, it was just absolutely amazing. Um, it was incredible. Mm. It was, it was absolutely incredible. I was, mm. I was literally wowed by your response to, Hey, here's, here's some areas where we want you to improve. And I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I actually wanted to like save it and put it on the wall because it was so, so good. You wouldn't mind if he did that, right? Just <laughs> yeah, print I'm it sure, out. I'm sure maybe. he would mind, but, but it was, it was, am it was amazing how much thought he'd put into what do I need to do to correct this? And here's the things that I've done. And here's the results that I've seen. Mm. I'm just like, this dude's amazing. It was absolutely incredible. And so, you know, it, at Sandals, we're very, very real about we all need to improve. We all need to grow. We all huddle up. Um, you know, Adam's challenged me on some things. And, um, you know, he, how Adam's helped me is the simplicity of, of what we want the vision to look like. And I love how you press back on, and your, some of your eight comes out in that. So, but I need that because I can be kind of whatever the weather is today um, kind of guy. So that's been great. Well, and I think something that I resonate with what he said is, um, and competency, we haven't talked much about that, but it, that is a really big deal, I think, to a five. But um, we, if, like, we want to be seen as competent. And we, um, like we tend to, 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 oh, sorry, yeah. we tend to point out, um, when we see incompetency in others, but incompetency, incompetency in ourselves, we see as a place to grow or mm -hmm. a place to learn. So, you know, it's a little bit backwards in that, um, I will, um, people that some people that I have felt are incompetent or someone has done something incompetent, like you immediately, move to my dead to me list. Mm. And so, um, and Adam knows about the dead to me list because yes. his wife is the one that 
She's introduced the, yeah, that list to gatekeeper. me. But I'm talking like I have I have people on the on the list for incompetence. Suit guy at Starbucks. <laughs> Jay from Blaze, like Adele. Yeah. The Department of Transportation. Like they're Adele. all on this dead to me right. list for something that they've done. I have I have banned a whole author's works from my life because of poor sentence structure and one of their things. But but for me Please don't ever read my book. No, no, you're you're fantastic. Um, but for me, if if I do something incompetent or I make a mistake, I see that as such a learning experience and a place mm. to grow. Mm -hmm. So I welcome that. And I'm probably not going to make that mistake again because we've thought about it. We've yeah. processed it. We figured out what we did wrong, how we can change it. That is probably not going to happen again. Mm. Yeah. 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 So we got a lot of questions this week from people who have identified or discovered that they are fives. And the first couple here are actually from some uh, ladies. And I want to direct these to you, Lori. Mm -hmm. The first one comes from Alexa. She says, I'm a stay-at-home mom of three who mm -hmm. scored as a five. In this hectic phase of life, so I'm assuming they're young kids, I've had to sacrifice much of who I am to care for my family. Mm. There's just not enough time in the day for me to be me. And our seasons in life where dying... Wait, <clears throat> did Lori turn this yeah. question? <laughs> our seasons in life where dying to your personality is necessary and normal, or should I be more proactive in expressing my need for time away from my kids to do the things that I love? Ap yes, to all of it. Okay. Absolutely. So um, I have some young children. I have some older children. Um, you have a thousand young children. Mm -hmm. I have great kids. Um, but they do take a lot of care. And so it's very interesting being a five and being someone who enjoys just me, myself, and I most of the time that I would have four children and a husband and have all this going on. But I think that, like you said in the message, there's times where as a mom, you you have to be a two at a yeah. certain period of time. And you're not, I'm not two to a core, but I'm my, my babies are going to be yeah, clean and yeah. they're going to get dinner and they're going to, all this stuff is going to get done. I'm going to serve them in that manner. Um, I think- one way that my husband through this has, we've grown so much is that he recognizes that I need that time away. Mm -hmm. So he has been fantastic about, hey, babe, how about you get away for the night tonight? Mm -hmm. I will take the kids. I'll do baths. I'll do bedtime. Mm -hmm. And then as a five, Alexa, you have to accept that. Say, yes, I will take that time. Because mm -hmm. that's the other thing. We don't want to then go take that time. So it's been very difficult. Well, that's um, your high one. I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, we don't know what her other scores are. So that's the, that's and that's why it's so important that you again I keep promoting as a three our way of testing. But that's that's her the one is I need to be declarative about because I I I should always be there for my kids. I well, should no always, one does it better than me. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's there's that too. <laughs> right. But I definitely think for her you you need to find that time. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the time can be. I mean, sometimes I sit in my closet, and when the kids are running around asking for like where I'm at, I don't answer. Yeah. So, you know, I know they're okay. I know that almost 13 year old is, you know, taking care of things. Yeah. So um, I think you definitely need to find that time to get away because otherwise you're going to be that glass that's full and spills over. And then you're not the cool mom, the loving mom, the, you know, the mom that does all the things. You're the angry mom that's mad that no one's getting it right. Yeah. And so. I would just say, Alexa, you know, I'm not a mom, but, you know, I think, you know, multiple kids under the age of five is is, is, is close to hell, hopefully, that you're ever going to get. It's just brutal. Mm -hmm. It's an emotional roller coaster. Things are, you know, either amazing or tragic. I mean, their emotions are all over the place, and that's got to be challenging as, as a five to handle, uh, you know, the tantrums, the, right, kids can be celebrating and enjoy and then, you know, literally, like, writhing on the floor like someone's stabbing them. 
there's a real sweet season um, from about six to twelve. That's just so. Just know that I think God gives us a break, um, and so and then gear up for teenagers. Mm-hmm. But but there's a real sweet season, and really, you know, any parents listening, really try to take advantage of those years. Those are formidable years. Uh, where the kids are easier and you're building a bond that you're going to need to survive the teenage years. It's just so, so important that you take advantage of six to 12. Uh, and girls, you know, they can hit puberty far sooner than that. So you need to monitor every, every, um, you know, kid, you know, individually, but that's just such a sweet season. So we'll be praying for you and, and just know that Lori speaks from wisdom and truth and experience. So. Boom. Alexa's husband, do what you got to do. Make it happen for her. Uh, Nancy wrote in, and this is another one for you, Lori. I am a five with a strong four wing. How do I get out of my head when I often deal with heavy feelings of rejection? And Pastor Adam, you can, I don't know if you felt rejected, but you can talk about this as well. Yeah. I mean, I resonate with that a lot. Um, I, um, I struggle with embarrassment. I struggle with um, feeling rejected. I think part of that mm. question about um, the greed and mine is sharing who I am. Mm. You know, I, um, I live in my head. Um, the enemy lives in my head. Mm-hmm. And so he gets in there and, and, you know, keeps me kind of frozen. Um, I think that, um, there's a, a verse and I'm not going to, not going to say it because I don't want to mess it up, but you might be able to rattle it off for us, but it's Ephesians three sixteen through 19. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it, it speaks to who we are and it speaks to, mm-hmm. um, you know, the love of Christ and getting out of the the knowledge and having the knowledge that Christ lives in you. Um, and so I think that's a really good verse. I want Nancy to go and read mm. those three verses there. Um, I think the other thing we have to say is who, who are we pleasing? Like it, who, who do we care? We care what God thinks about us. Mm-hmm. I don't, um, what does he say? You know, what does the Bible say about who I am? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's really important. I think the other thing is, especially when we're first, recognizing that we are who we are as a five. Um, I think having safe people is very important. Right. I think one thing that I realized I'm realizing is as you're getting healthy as a five, you need to pick, pick another number that gets you or Mm -hmm. that is not, you're not going to get that immediate rejection. I was, um, I have a story I was starting to tell you guys that, um, I, I like to write. So I like poetry. I like, um, I write songs. I write really long manifestos. We should probably be worried about those a little bit, but that's a whole nother. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm watching this Unabomber <laughs> right? show on Netflix and there's a hardcore five. Well, with and I manifesto. wanted to say that. I wanted to say, you know what? I, I write manifestos. So, <laughs> yes. but anyway, um, I, so I was, I was sharing my, the, the words of my soul with this three. And so, when I was getting to the best line ever written in mm. the history of the universe, the three looks out the window and says, that is a really low flying plane. <laughs> Have you ever seen a plane that huge fly so low? Mm. Like, that's incredible. And so in that moment, mm. I'm like, and it was a magnificent, it was magnificent. It was a magnificent plane. It was a magnificent low <laughs> flying plane. But in that moment, that person became very unsafe to mm. me. And so yeah, I they, apologize. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm they, very sorry. They moved, ADD. To the, they moved to the dead list. Uh. So you have to understand the well, dead to me I'm list. I'm a Christian. I believe in resurrection. Right. Oh, so, boom. but I think what happens is you have to, sharing my 
Yeah, sure. Heart song with a three at that moment might not have been the best idea. Yeah. I think you have to, if, you know, I'm not going to share my heart song with a one mm-hmm. that, unless I need editing yeah. or I need them to critique something. So I think you have to, um, rejection will come, but I think we also don't want to put ourselves out there and ask for it. So mm-hmm. I think we just have to be really careful while we're learning who we are mm-hmm. and um, to be very strategic in yeah. what we share so that we don't have that. But, but I, I live, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Like I live with that feelings of rejection and feelings of embarrassment. So mm-hmm. I think also the, when we were a year ago, when we had that training here, I think the staff had training. I was on staff at that time. Um, the guys that did the training said, pick the one thing pick one thing and work on it for a year mm. or two. And so that was the the one thing that I decided to choose was the sharing who mm-hmm. I am because I'm a hoarder of who I am. Mm-hmm. So that's part of my my greed is just mm-hmm. keeping it all inside and hoarding how God made me, how he created me mm-hmm. and the giftings that he gave me. So I think I've been working on that. So now I, if I have something really ridiculous, um, I share it with party. If mm-hmm. I have something thoughtful, I'm going to, I have another five that is, has a wing four. That's pretty creative. Mm -hmm. I share it with that person and I get the greatest feedback. I get that validation. And so I think being very strategic with who you express yourself to. Yeah. So let's, I I don't know if we talked about this this weekend. So the two aspects of greed. So I think we think of, uh, of greed in the only in the, uh, acquiring. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so, uh, right. So, so there's, there's, there's two aspects of greed. So one is hoarding. So that's the negative aspect. I'm going to hold on to what I have. The po- the positive or forward aspect is I'm going to get more. And so oftentimes with the five, right, they can they can resonate with I'm going to get more knowledge. I'm going to get more information. So they they see it in that way. Um, but then but then the other aspect is I'm going to hoard this. I'm not going to share this. And so that's where oftentimes the emotions. And so if someone you love is a five, think of them like a clam, and um, Right. So their emotions are going to be shut off. And so in the moment when it's open and when they share, it's there's a great book to read. It's it's man has written probably 15 years ago, but it's called Crucial Conversations. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the author's name, but it just transformed uh, me to realize when when a conversation is crucial, I've got to be present. I've got to be there because if that five is opened and I blow it, they're going to double down and they're not going to share again. And so um uh, so you just really, really have to be aware is if you want more emotional intimacy with the the five in your life, who's you've got to make sure that you take advantage of that. Because if they're sharing, they've thought about it, they've processed it. And and this moment, right, is not the moment to look at the plane that's flying low. Let it crash. Otherwise, your uh, relationship's going to crash. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So one of the, we have some questions that I think are really good for us to talk about in terms of what does it look like for a five to try and be real with God and be real with others? So let, let me talk to this question came in from Jamie. I'm just going to summarize here at the end. She says, now I realize how my past habits as a five have damaged my relationships. How should I work to keep healthy, real friendships in the future, as well as restore relationships, which I haven't valued from the past? What do you guys see as opportunity? I think Adam should take that. Yeah, I think... Um for relationships you're trying to establish, um, you know, there's this, this sense of relationships require sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think you need to go in and, um, and, and do what we just were talking about in terms of self-disclosure, you know, and, and of course you want it to be a safe person. And I get as a five, that's going to take a little bit of time to evaluate, um, who that is. But, Self-disclosure is like a microwave for relationships. As you open yourself up 
um, man, there's just something incredible that happens that will kind of solidify and bond um, people together. So I think you have to be willing to, and when I say sacrifice, sacrifice the sense of I'm going to hold on to um, all my personal stuff. I'm going to keep everything really close to myself. Uh, I'm not going to share a whole lot, but just kind of surface level things. And I think you have to be willing to take a risk relationally and be vulnerable and move toward people. And so we joked around a little bit in the beginning that, you know, part of my role is overseeing um, the groups here at Sandal Small Groups. And I think sometimes people have had a hard time and you're such an introvert. Mm-hmm. You tend not to be wanting to be engaged in lots of relationships and those kinds of things. Um, but the reality is, you know, I, my, my heart has been bound by scripture and my conscience to, to know that this is the way that Jesus has created us to live in the context of community. Um, so as a five, I've studied that I've learned that. And I think another thing fives value is logic. And as I think about that, this is really the only way life is going to work well. It's the only way I'm really going to experience all God has for me to experience is in the context of relationships. It's where I'm going to grow. It's where I'm going to experience deep community that Jesus prayed I would in John 17. Mm -hmm. So I have to, at times, literally like kick myself in the back and push myself forward relationally because I know this is the way God has designed this to work. Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's those kinds of things you have to be really intentional about and be willing to say, all right, I'm going to put myself out there, even if it's hard and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and just real quickly, um, I know one of the things that I struggle with, and I imagine I'm not the only one as a five, since I'm always in my head is a lot of negative self-talk. You know, um, I, I have this tape that's constantly running in the back of my head that I can just hear. And most of the times it's negative. It's critical. Um, and what I've been learning to do over the past six months in a really purposeful way is to stop the tape. When the state, when the tape starts to stop it, um, to not worry about if what I'm going to say makes complete sense or not, not having to have every single sentence formed before I actually open my mouth and speak, but just be willing to engage relationally, have a conversation and stop telling myself what you're saying right now doesn't make sense. This person's not really listening. You're adding no value to the conversation. Those are things that continually play in my mind and those sabotage relationships. So I think, you know, if you have that going on relationally, it's really important that you learn to stop the tape when it starts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the verse we talked about, um, you know, real with others was he who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rejects all sound wisdom. And so I think the key to the five is that sound wisdom is not found solely in your head, but in relationships. Mm-hmm. And I tried to, I tried to talk about this, you know, a little bit. And um, I, I think we do a very, very poor job of culturally understanding. Um, you know, when I was a kid, you studied Western civilization, and that's rejected now. It's considered racist, bigoted, whatever, and that's a tragedy um, because when the white man from uh, England shows up on the shores in 1780 in Australia. Um, He encounters, I forget what the tribal group there, they're called uh, Australian natives are called Aborigines. Aborigines. So, so the Aborigines, right? Great people, great history, right? I'm not speaking anything negative against them, but they're the most, one of the most isolated people groups in the history of the world. So they're living life the same way, uh, Persians, Westerners were living life six, five, however, thousand years ago. So when the white man shows up in the shore, he's not white. He is Indian in terms of his mathematical understanding. He is Persian in terms of philosophy and organization. He is Jewish 
in terms of his religion. He is Italian, Roman in terms of his organization structure, and then he's Greek in his philosophy. He is German in terms of his fierceness on the battlefield. And, uh, you know, then, you know, also the Vikings, the Nordic influences their shipping and understanding of making ships. That's who shows up on the shore. It's not a white person. It is a person who has experienced interaction with people of an array of different cultures for literally 2,000 years. That's who shows up. And so that's why they're able to do the things they do and the Aborigines struggle. And, you know, I'm not saying what the white people did was right. I'm just saying there is an advantage to interaction and collaboration amongst many cultures. Um, now, the sad thing is they didn't appreciate the Aboriginal culture and there was some beautiful things about that. But when you isolate yourself, you do not move forward. So let me say a little less racist statement. Uh, the <laughs> Chinese were the most advanced culture until uh, about AD 1400. Then the emperor made a decision to burn all the ships, cut off all contact with everyone else in the world. 1450, think about that. Not that long ago, literally 500 years later, they're enslaved to the English people because they decided to isolate themselves. So the, the most advanced race on earth in every aspect, I mean, they invented gunpowder, you know, fireworks, shipping. I mean, you know, they were doing things that it took Western Europe literally another 400 years to figure out. They cut themselves off and all of a sudden they're enslaved and they're backwards. They, they burn books, they burn ships, they didn't allow people to do, they isolated themselves. So when you isolate yourself, and here's why the Chinese are such a great example for the five, no matter how smart you are, when you make that decision to burn the ships, go into your cave, cut everybody off, you will not advance. Hmm. You, from that point forward, everybody who's interacting, who's growing, who's connecting, they're moving forward intellectually, scientifically, emotionally, spiritually, and think about it as a five. Why has God called us to worship together? Because there's a way that we advance when we worship together that we can't do when we're by ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't move forward. And so the fives are pulled out of their heads emotionally by the other personalities, styles that worship, that connect, and that grow. And it's going to enhance the wisdom of the five by moving with other people. And um, that's just, just so, so important. Isolation is never good. Mm -hmm. It's never, ever good. Um, it, and it really, really causes not just a person to struggle, but people to struggle because we're the human race. We're better together. That's why God's called us to worship together, to come together. And it's interesting, right? Not, not only has he called us to worship together in the church, but when you look at Revelation 21, all the nations gather together to worship, all tribes, all tongues, all ethnicities. Why? Because even in that, our understanding of who God is enhanced by every culture that's represented. Um, and no culture is isolated. We're together in Jerusalem, Zion, worshiping God. And so, so just know that he who isolates himself um, rejects all sound wisdom. So, or excuse me, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rejects all sound wisdom. So don't look that up in the NLT. They slaughtered that verse, but I love the NLT. I, I preach out of it every week. But So how would somebody with a lot of five styling respond to someone, maybe in small group, community group, or some other relational environment when they share something deep or highly emotional? What are healthy ways for our fives listening to begin practicing responding to those people? I, I think... Um you know, validation, validating what's valid is super important. Mm -hmm. And so I think finding something that maybe resonates with you 
being able to say, I hear what you're saying. Um, here's, here's something that happened to me, you know, trying to find that common place. I think a lot of times if I don't have something that resonates or I don't have something that I can relate to them, um, I just thank them for sharing their story. Thank, thank them for allowing me to hold that story. Um, and I think that's really important. Mm. I think, um, yeah, just, just being, being able to validate is super important. Yeah. I think there's a lot of wisdom there. I think too, in group settings, oftentimes people feel like, um, as someone shares something really deep and, um, maybe painful, whatever the case is, there needs to be a response of almost advice giving. Um, and, and that's a really dangerous uh, and slippery slope to go down in a group setting. It's always important before you ever start even thinking about giving advice that you ask the question, can I give you some advice? Are you looking for mm -hmm. my thoughts on this? Are you mm -hmm. looking for some input or some advice? Um, otherwise we're just, again, validating. So, so glad that you feel safe enough to share in this environment, you know, and sometimes it's appropriate to get up and circle around the person and lay hands on them and pray. Um, and sometimes it's good just to be present with people. Um, I remember five years ago I had a heart attack and when I was in the hospital, um, our lead pastor came in to see me and, um, Joe just came over to my bedside, grabbed my hand, looked at me and cried. Mm. He didn't say anything to me, mm -hmm. but he spoke thousands of words just in those moments of standing there with me. And uh, at times it's just good to be with people and not feel like you have to have um, all the answers or say something profound because normally when that happens, um, it can get pretty messy. And, and one thing that I appreciate about fives um, and just being around fives, because I think we're good to be around, is, is there's a, there's a sense of, um, it's okay just to, to, to be quiet mm -hmm. for a minute, just to sit in our thoughts. And if we're in a car, you don't have to make conversation the entire ride, mm. just be okay. Just settled in your thoughts. I think that's something that other numbers could learn from fives. Mm. Um, as much as five can learn from other numbers, of course, is, um, is that sometimes it's okay to be in your thoughts and to think before you make a decision to think deeply before you say something um, and just be okay being in your head a little bit. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, I listened to a podcast last week. It was on, they were basically talking about how doctors have changed the way they interact with patients now. And this was like blew my mind as recently as the sixties because treatment options were not great for anything like cancer or mm. a lot of different diseases. Really, even the American Medical Association was publishing articles on how to kind of mislead your patients or not let them on to the fact that they're they're terminal mm. as early as possible. And the the doctor who changed that and really kind of paved the way, he wrote several books. He was part of the Monty Python comedian troupe. So he was going to medical school in London and then doing comedy on nights in BBC, and he had mm. a show on the weekends. But then he contracted this horrible disease, and I can't remember what it was, and he ended up surviving it. But he's going through this whole process as a doctor, knowing what's wrong with him, and having all of these interactions with people who are just giving him information, and also kind of trying to not give them all of the information that they saw and mislead him. And then he said at one point, he one of the doctor interactions, the doctor said, this must be awful. Mm -hmm. And that one little phrase where he felt like somebody who knew more than him get, was giving him mm -hmm. permission to feel just completely changed his, um, yeah, perspective and experience. And then it ultimately set him down this course mm -hmm. where he kind of left the Monty Python troupe 
and really gave his life towards changing how doctors communicate and being honest and mm -hmm. upfront and writing all, the, all these things. And I love that's what reminded me of just the sitting down and crying mm -hmm. and just really allowing mm -hmm. other people to have their feelings. So yeah. It's pretty mm -hmm. profound. So one of the things we haven't talked a lot about uh, in this episode is the adaptive trait. And so, right. So God made you a five. I believe you're a five, no matter what, you know, that's, that's not being a five is not sinful. That's who you are, but somehow um, you become unhealthy over time as you enter into a sinful world and you have to begin to adapt to survive. And so if you're a five in your how you're, you're you know, growing up as a kid and emotion is scolded or you're not held or it's cold or it's whatever, right? That's going to reinforce retreating into your mind and connecting. Um, and so you really have to look at, so what, you know, in my home, how, how was I made to feel when I shared emotion, when I was hurt, when I was upset and understand um, you know, just understand, I mean, we're all, well, you're, you're young. What, how old are you? I think I'm 35. 35. So we're, we're, we've all gone past our forties. And so basically your adaptive strategies from your childhood, uh, start to completely unravel in your forties. Mm. And that's when people go nuts. They have affairs. They call it, what do they call it? Uh, your midlife, midlife, crisis. midlife crisis. Like, you know, you, you get a car that's, you know, for a teenager and then you date a teenager. I mean, it's just really, really bad. Hopefully not a teenager. That's illegal. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, somebody half your age. So we really, really got to look at it and say, okay, so what are the things that I learned as a five growing up? What are some things that have happened to me? Have I been hurt, wounded, broken? Um, these things have happened to me and they're causing me to make some mental assumptions, right, as a five. I'm making some mental assumptions that may not be accurate about all people everywhere. And so we mm. all have to be very, very careful of generalizations. Mm. And we live in a culture full of that, right, where we assume that, oh, everybody thinks that, so it's true. It's that, that's usually not the case. Generalizations are generally wrong. Mm. So um, you missed it. Anyways, <laughs> um, so, so, just, so just really look at yourself, do some homework, um, you know, and you can do it as a five, you know, do it as a mental exercise, looking at your childhood, your family, uh, even your current relationship, if your parents are still alive or with your siblings, um, you know, and so that was part of my process that was very, very painful, but very, very healing as well to look at, okay, here's how I see the world and that's wrong. Hmm. And I need to begin to address that and change that. Mm -hmm. So, and fives as brilliant as they are can be wrong. Mm -hmm. So let's close with this question that came in from Matthias. I feel like I know a lot about God, but I don't know God. I would like to feel that close connection again from when I first gave my life to Christ. Where does a five begin to connect my head and my heart? Oh, go ahead. Man, Matthias, that's a great question. Um, I would say start exactly where you just did and have that conversation with God. Mm. Be as real and as raw as you can be about where you are in your relationship with him. And I get relationships for fives are difficult and what we're talking about with Jesus is a relationship. Um, but I think the starting place for you would be, man, just to sit down and think about um, what you want to say and, and maybe not even think about it, actually. Hmm. Just have a deep conversation with God about um, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, um, the distance that you feel is there. And, uh, and obviously we don't live our lives strictly by feeling in our relationship with God because um, sometimes we don't feel close, but the reality is we're interconnected. Um, we are his um, and he is ours. But man, just, I would, I would start with having that conversation. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I think so much, I think I know better or I, you know, I, I process it and I figure it out and I come up with my plan and I, I don't ask God his opinion on any of it. And so I think very recently, um, 
I'm being reminded, wait, let me, let me give that, mm-hmm. let me give that to God and stop. I, I'll just plow forward with how I think things should be and how I want it to be and what I think. Mm. Um, I, I spend very little time with the conversation and saying, Hey, what, what, where should I go here? What should I do here? And so I think that's a, that's a big one getting out of your head and just giving it to God, because I think mm. we tend to maybe not do that enough. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, the verse is, you know, on the day of judgment, Jesus says, you will say, I did all these things in your name and he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. And so we just have to be really, really careful. You know, so much of modern day Christianity is really five dominated. It's, I don't like the word Bible study. I just don't like it. Um, my son is in Christian school, and Bible is a class. I hate it. I wish they'd burn it, get rid of it, destroy it. Because as soon as we make the Bible a textbook, we, we divorce ourselves from the very purpose of why it was written. It was written for us to connect our hearts, our soul, and our minds to God. And so um, we just have to be very, very careful. You know, a, a five will have an insatiable appetite for textual information. But you got to remember, Jesus is standing in front of a group of fives, mm. and he says, man, everything you've studied your whole life mm. is about me. And here I am in relationship as a person, and you don't have a clue who I am. And so that's why, you know, fives can have an incredible amount of information about God and not know God. And so that's where you just really have to do is say, I, God, I want to know you. I want to connect with you. I want to connect with your heart. Uh, Christianity is a relational movement. That's what it is. And so that may be more challenging for you as a five, but, you know, God has gifted you with an enormous mental capacity to handle that, you know, that, that challenge. And so just press into that. And, um, you know, uh, I think Sandals is a great place for you to be as a five. Many, many churches are very, very dangerous where everything is study, 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 Mm -hmm. study, and we're expanding your mind and your heart couldn't be further from God. Now, having said that, you know, um, I think study is important, but what we do at Sandals Church, right, is we preach a message, you're given content, and then you're go- you're asked to sit in a relational group and talk about how did it make you feel, how did it interact. Like we're trying to get you in touch. Then uh, fives, there's a thing called personal reflection. Uh, many of you do not pay attention at all to that, but it's something that for you to sit down and for you to connect your heart, your soul, and your mind with God and say, okay, God, what are you saying to me, and how? Am I speaking to this? The other thing for a five is you show up early for worship. Get there prepared. Be ready. Uh, worship is, I believe, an assault on the on the 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 uh, castle that's around your heart. Mm. And so, you know, I've talked a lot about history today, but you know, Europe went through a thing that's called the Dark Ages, and the thing that dominated the Dark Ages was castles. Everybody, right? We built we build a big wall. Nobody's getting in. Nobody goes out. And literally. For a thousand years, Europe goes dark and everybody's in their castle and it's just brutal. And so just know that when you come into church, there is an emotional wall because emotions are unsafe. uh, Your heart's been hurt. uh, Maybe you've been given information about God, but you haven't experienced that because Christians are idiots and they are. Mm. So just know that I believe that when we come into church, we show up and we assume that we're Jericho. That's the assumption that you make that I have a wall around my heart and I need the trumpets blown and I need this marched around so that I can prepare myself, walls down, ready to hear the word of God. And man, that's what's so important. And man, if if you feel tears, embrace them and rejoice Mm. them, man. Mm. The spirit, Jesus wept, Mm. he wept, and he's the wisest person who ever lived. And so just embrace that and, and, and know that it's a gift from God. 
and it's okay. So that's why I want you to go back to your childhood. Were you told that crying, emotion, you know, like if you're a guy, are you a sissy or, you know, um, you know, get, I don't know what you tell a girl, get over it. You cry too much. You're emotional. Uh, what's a negative term we used to describe an emotional girl? Dramatic. Dramatic. And just, just know parents, that can be a very negative word that says, don't feel, don't feel. Now kids can be overly dramatic. So you got to balance that. But that's, I think that's the word we used to, to girls to shut that off. And that's mm -hmm. very, very dangerous. Um, and uh, we need to not do that because we need to encourage feeling. We need to encourage emotion, especially if you're raising a five, mm. you know? Um, and uh, and I've not, you know, my son took the test. He thinks he's a five. I've not done as good of a job as I need to when he engages me emotionally, right? It's time, man. It's This is crucial conversation. I need to connect with him because normally it's, and I think your son's a five yeah. too, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like shooting missiles at like a defense system. It's bing, bing, just yeah. bouncing off. So when those walls go down, as parents, as spouses, as friends, we've got to be available. Um, you know, one of the most uh, beautiful times in my life, so I have good friends, strong, strong guy, high eight, high five. And man, he, he had a panic attack. And he called me, right? Circle the wagons. Let's get together. And he was overwhelmed with emotion and he didn't know how to process that. Mm. But it was a beautiful time and I'm thankful that he trusted me enough, but I've got to make sure that I'm okay in that, in that moment for him and I'm who he needs to be. Because uh, fives are people too and they have emotions, whether they're, <laughs> whether they that'd know. Great, that'd be a great Enneagram shirt yeah. if you're going to start doing fives <laughs> or people too. Yeah, so, so yeah. just know that, you know, um, you know, look at your childhood, look back, do the work. Um, you know, you, you, you want a project five, something to investigate yourself. Yeah. Man, start there and, and, and journal and, you know, do what Lori does, write personal manifestos. You know, here's my life, zero to five. I know, five. I got to get some of those. I want to read yeah. them. Oh, yeah. So, well, she's an amazing They're writer. They're probably somewhere on Reddit already. She's got them published under a oh, secret they username. Are, my, no, they my are four, all kept. My four is very envious of her writing ability. <laughs> no, see, I don't share. I have journals and books and things. I've just recently started, started, on the internet. started sharing stuff. Anonymous so when you're, when you're dead, your kids are going to go, wow. Mom was amazing. Or, or mom was a psycho. <laughs> the oh, yeah. so, well, burn yeah. those. Yeah. Burn those. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Thank for, you. For all of our podcast listeners, you were the, the, I love that the pair of you both showed up with your ironic t-shirts, which yeah. is, which is so great. Can you just tell us what your shirt says before we go? Mine says daydreamer. <laughs> Mine says, I'm sorry, I'm late. I didn't want to come. That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. I think this was probably the, maybe the second best episode of the Enneagram series so mm -hmm. far. What do you think? Yeah, it's been great. I think every week we're getting better and better and better. Second best, how can we make that yeah. better? Well, what do we need stick to around do right for 10 now? more minutes. You, yeah. you got to go back. You got to be threes and come back with us two episodes ago. <gasps> that one was... Okay. That Man. one was... I could totally channel my unresourceful seven right now <laughs> yeah. and say something really crazy. Yeah, no. <laughs> Let's channel our unresourceful sevens and go out to a really unhealthy lunch. Listen to your one and don't do it. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Bye.